Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of the Ocean View Podcast. No matter where you're at in our country or around the world, we thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now sit back and enjoy this week's message. For those of you who are visiting with us, maybe for the first time, my name is Terry, and it's a joy to welcome you here to Ocean View. And um, today we launch a brand new message series, and obviously being the month of February, as we, um, by the way, guys, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up this week, just in case, just, uh, you know, watch the elbows today. Um, But as we uh, talk about a month of February, we have three weeks left, and we thought it'd be interesting to really take a look um, at the following, and that is to love God, uh, what it means to love God, what it means to love family, um, but also what it means to love enemy. And um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later down the road as we uh, get into this message series. But today we're going to focus specifically on what it means to love God. And um, if you're here today and maybe you don't have uh, too much of a relationship with God, a friend dragged you to church and you're here, okay, what's going to happen here today? Um, My hope is, is by the end of today, you you have a little bit of an understanding of what it truly means to love God. Because loving God is is so amazing and incredible, but it's hard to get your arms wrapped around it. It's hard for us as man to understand. What what do I have to do to show love to an amazing God? In order to illustrate that a little bit more, um, we're going to learn a lot from a guy by the name of Jesus. And uh, you're going to learn a little bit of history today with regards to how people interacted during that time. But more importantly, how did they learn from one another during that time? And in order to set that up, I thought we'd have a little fun with a little audience participation. I'm going to ask our volunteers to come out. Thank you for being on time this morning. I appreciate it. Um, How do a round of applause for our volunteers this morning? By the way, Tangina, you can't sing that song before I'm supposed to preach. That's not fair. It really is not. Um, That's right. Oh, my goodness. All right. So here's what's going to happen. We're going to play a game called Loaded Questions, and we're going to need your help here today. We're going to learn a little bit more about Stephen Hand. We're going to learn a little bit more about Katie, and we're going to learn a little bit more about Tangina. Um, And the way we're going to do it is I'm going to ask them a series of questions that they're going to write an answer down for. And then once they've written all their answers to all these questions, I'm going to collect them. Then I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to say, which answer matches which individual? And you have to guess out here who said what. Does that make sense? We're going to learn a little bit here today. Okay, so without further ado, we're going to ask our first question to our contestants. Let's take a look at the screen. Here it is. What one word describes your eating habits? One word that describes your eating habits. When you finish, go ahead and hand them to me. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. These are going to be fun. All right, second question. What word best describes the outfit you are wearing right now? (laughs) Katie's decisive. (laughs) She's like, oh, Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I love that Stephen is speechless. It doesn't happen often, so I'm very happy about this. You have to answer, Stephen. You have to play. Tangina said, I can answer for you. No, that would, be, that would not be right. All right. Third one. What would you do if you really wanted to annoy someone? What would you do if you really wanted to annoy someone? Husbands, be careful in the audience. Just saying. You're not as confident on that one, Katie. It was just a slow tear. It wasn't... <laughs> 
All right. Here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and show you the first question. I'm going to read you all three answers. I'm going to say number one, number two, number three. So the first answer, the second answer, the third answer. When I say who said number one, was it Stephen, Kate, Stephen, Katie, or number one is Stephen, number two is Katie, number three is Tangina. So if I say, um, I'm messing this up, aren't I? I'm not a good game host. So let me explain this a little better. I'm going to read all the answers. And as I read them, I'm going to say one, two, or three. So tell me one, meaning Stephen, raise your hand. If I say Stephen said it, Katie said it, or Tangina said it. You understand what I'm saying? I'll read the answer. Who said this? You tell me. You remember your answers. You guys got it. You understand. Here we go. All right. First question. Stephen's laughing at me. I know. What one word describes your eating habits? All right. Here are the answers. First answer was often. This audience participation. I didn't tell you to say it back. This is this. Just shh. First answer is often. Second answer is bad. And the third answer is bad. So here's a better way of saying Who said often? Was it? Number one, Stephen, raise your hand. I don't even have to go to two and three. So who said often? Raise your hand. Stephen Hand. Wow, Stephen, I, I just, I don't know how to take that. I really don't. I don't know how to take that. All right. Second question. What word best describes the outfit you are wearing right now? So I'm going to read the answers and then you tell me who said what. Here we go. First answer was, number one answer was old school. Second answer is first. I don't understand that. The third answer is loud. So whose outfit is old school? Who do you think? Is it Stevens? Wow, you're, 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 you're proper. Is it Katie? Is it Tangina? Ooh, so Tangina or Steven. So who said, well, no, no, let me go. All right, hold your answers. Who said first, whatever that means. Their outfit says first. Don't know what that means. So was it Steven? Okay, you're not supposed to look puzzled because then you give it away that you didn't say it. <laughs> you don't know how to play this game. So who said first? Was it obviously not Steven or was it Katie? Was it Tangina? Ooh, okay, all right. And then loud, was it Stephen? <laughs> Nobody. Katie. Oh, wow. Tangina. All right, who said old school? There you go, you got it right. Who said first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, well, do you have a microphone? We don't have, there, a microphone. See, it was early, early. I had to sing in the first service. So it was just the first thing that I saw that would work. Ah, so, very, yes. Ladies first, appreciate that. Yes, ladies, ladies appreciate that. And obviously Katie's was loud. All right, last one. Here we go. I love this one. What would you do if you really wanted to annoy someone? All right, ready. Who said, make a group text into a chat room? Was it Steven? Nobody. <laughs> was it Katie? Was it Tangina? Okay, you all don't, uh, obviously, it takes full participation. I saw four hands. There are more than four people in this room. Simple math, people. Let's try it again. Make a group text into a chat room. Was it Steven? A few. Katie? Tangina? Okay. <laughs> Let me read the question. I'll read the answer. What would you do if you really wanted to annoy someone? Fran Drescher laughter. Was it Stephen? Was it Katie? Was it Tangina? Ooh, we're all going Tangina. And make annoying noises. Was it Stephen? Katie? Tangina? 
No one thinks you make annoying noises. They don't know you, obviously. All right. Who said make a group text into a chat room? Stephen Hand. I need to explain here. I don't know if you've ever been part of this, but you have like a group text of people going. It might be something important or pertinent to a certain subject. And then all of a sudden they're like sending smiley faces and jokes and everything. And like you're sitting at home and it's like your phone's going. And you're like, what is going on? Anybody else like that kind of? Yeah, it's a little bit annoying at times. Yeah. So I'm the notorious guy that leaves a chat like a like a group text. So it's like Stephen exited. So. That's exactly right. So that's the irony of the whole situation right there. So, you are the yes. annoying guy who sends it as well. Yes, you are yes. both. All right. Who said Fran Drescher laugh? Tangina. And Katie likes to make annoying, annoying noises. How about a round of applause for our contestants today? Thank you, guys. Now, if you are just visiting with us today, you have no idea what's going on. Did I come to church? What Really, where am I at? Um, here's the truth. No matter who you are in here, whether you're a first-time visitor, you learned a little bit about these three individuals that were just on this stage and singing in front of you. A little bit more than what you did when you came in here. And the truth is, the only way that you learned that was through asking questions. And you're going to learn today that during this time where I'm going to talk a little bit about Jesus, um, it was a time of questioning. There was a whole lot of questions being thrown around. But more importantly, there was a whole lot of information that was gleaned from just asking questions. Um, If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 12. We'll follow along on the screen if you'd like. Um, We're going to begin in verse 28. And here, let me set the stage for you if you don't know much about the Bible. Um, Jesus is hanging out in the temple area. He's there. There are religious leaders. There are Pharisees. There are Sadducees. There are scribes. These are all people who know a lot about the Bible. And they're all engaged in a lot of arguments. They're arguing, they're kicking, they're scratching, they're talking about the scriptures. Um, And Jesus is right in the middle of it. And they're asking Jesus questions and Jesus is sitting there and he's pondering. And all of a sudden, through the arguing and through all the different questions, finally a scribe is going to ask Jesus a question that really affects you and I today. So if you're following along on home, we're really glad that you're here and with us. Mark chapter 12 in the New Testament in the Gospels. Here we go. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. This religious leader was known as a scribe. What you need to know about scribes, anytime you look in the Bible and you see the word scribe, a scribe was the authority of all the laws in Scripture. So what would happen is, is the Pharisees, Sadducees, people sitting around the temple area, they started asking questions about, well, what law is this? And how does this law apply? I don't think this law means this. They would argue, 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 ask question after question after question, debate, 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 and And then they would, if they couldn't come to a resolution, they would look to the scribe and say, scribe, what do you say? The scribe was the authority. Whatever he said, that ultimately was the answer. But you would often go to these temple areas and you would see people yelling and screaming at the top of their lungs. And then the next day, you would see those same two people debating one another. The next day, they would have their arms wrapped around another, encouraging one another, laughing with one another. That was called healthy debate. There was always debate going on in the temple area to learn a little bit more. So the scribe is here, and after the debate had ended already, he decided to jump in with another question. Take a look at this. He realized that Jesus had answered well all the other questions, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And so off the bat, if you're new to church, let me remind you of something There weren't just the Ten Commandments that we talk about. What he was referring to is the 613 different laws and commandments all throughout the Bible. And so he looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, which one of the 613 is the most important? And this is a scribe. 
So this is a scribe who knows the law like the back of his hand. And watch and see what Jesus says. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And so here he goes and he says, okay, the first The most important commandment is to love the Lord your God. You've all read this, heard this. If you're new to church, you've heard someone say it's important to love God. We all know this. But there's more to it than just love God. We all think, oh, just love God. Yes, that means honor him. That means love him. Yes, yes, that's the most important. No, 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 no. It's far deeper than that. Because where did Jesus come up with this? When when he talks about love God, where did he come up with this? Is there somewhere in scripture that talks specifically about what Jesus is saying? There is. And it actually comes from the Old Testament. If you're new to the Bible, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible is a book called Deuteronomy. And the law that Jesus just quoted is quoted in Deuteronomy. And I want you to take a look at the law in its entirety. Here it comes from Deuteronomy. Jesus was referencing this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you must, don't miss this, Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Here's what Jesus was really getting to. Take a look. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What Jesus was really saying to the scribe who asked the question was this. You really want to know what it means to love God? It means that in your life, that not only is it important to, yes, love God, but it means if you love God, it means you're going to talk about him. It means that every day of your life, he's going to be on your thoughts. That means dads in this room, that means as you live your day, as you make decisions that affect your family, it means this, that before you make those important decisions, what would God want me to do? What would be the right thing to do? How I should treat my wife, how I should treat my family. God, what would you want me to do? I'm to think about it when I get up. I'm to think about it when I'm in my car. I'm not going to close my eyes and pray to God when I'm in my car because that would cause an accident. But I am going to talk to God. It's okay to open your eyes and talk to God. Some of you got that. Some of you, it's a little nervous that you didn't get that joke because, you know, that's important. But anyway, thank you. Thank you for the courteous laughter. I appreciate that. Here's the point. The point is, is that Jesus said, you want to know what the most important commandment is? It means that you are to talk about God constantly. It means that you are to ask him questions. God, I don't understand this. God, why did this happen? In other words, that's okay. Do you know this? I don't know if you realize this. Jesus was asked 183 questions in the Bible, in the New Testament. 183 questions was asked of Jesus. Do you know how many questions Jesus asked, answered directly? Think in your minds. How many of the 183 questions did Jesus Christ answer directly? Take a guess. Three. Of the 183 questions asked of God, God turned back around and instead of saying, well, here's the answer, guess what he did? 340 more times than he got questions, he asked questions. So God looked at his creation. They looked at him and said, God, what about this? What what does the law say? And Jesus would typically return back to him and say, well, what do you think? Or what about this? Or what about that? 
It showed that Jesus cared about questions. God cares about questions. And right off the bat, if we tie them down, if we write them on our hands, write them on our doorposts, guess what it means? It means that others are going to ask questions. It means dialogue about God. That's what it truly means to love God. Let me illustrate this a better way. Um, I love the Chicago Cubs. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've been around here, you know that. I love it. Baseball is about to start. Spring training starts this week, by the way. Just woohoo. By the way, the Cubs signed you Darvish yesterday. Cardinal fans, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, anyway. But baseball is really, really important to me. And when the Cubs are on, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm in it and I'm watching it, I get on the couch. I'm like, yes, all right, here we go. I'll never forget. There was this one time, Jennifer, my wife, I love her to death. She does not care about sports as much as me. She, she likes the Cubs. She, you know, she's like, it's not I don't, like I cry over them. She thinks I'm funny when I do that. So I never forget one day, it was the middle of a game. It was a really important inning. The bases were loaded and I was just watching this and that. And Jennifer comes and she sits down next to me. And I'm like, oh, that was nice. You know, she's just coming sitting down. True story. So all of a sudden I'm watching the first pitch goes by and gets back to the pitcher. And Jennifer says to me at this moment, why, why, do, why is that player's pants baggy and that player's pants are really tight? I'm like, why are you looking? Here's the point. I said, well, it's just the style thing. It's a style thing, honey. Okay, okay, shh, style thing. Another pitch goes by and then she says, why is that player's pants up to his knees and the other player's pants is down to his feet? And I said, it's just a style thing, honey. She goes, well, why, why does the players whose pants went up to his knees, why are their socks a different color? You can't see the baggy pants as players' socks. I mean, is that part of the uniform? Is he going to get in trouble for wearing it? I go, honey, no, it's just a style thing. He can wear it like this. But wait, oh, wait, look at that player. That player, his pants are like midway, and he doesn't have a full sock of a color. He has like a strip down the side of his feet. What is that? And I'm like, it's called a stirrup. What's a stirrup? I'm like, it's a part of the uniform. Watch the game. And and I'm just getting so frustrated. And I totally missed it. Why was my wife asking me all those questions? It's because my wife took a moment and in her mind before she came over, she said, you know, I don't spend enough time diving into Terry's world. So I'm going to come and I'm going to sit down on the couch and I'm going to try to learn more about this game that he loves And I'm going to ask some obvious questions because it is kind of ridiculous if you're a first-timer looking at a game. It kind of doesn't make sense. Does that matter? Is that important? Does it mean he's a different player? And all I could think about is, shush, so I can watch my game. I didn't want her to engage. Here's the point. I think we do that in our lives with God. I think there are many times, when whether it's others around us, or ourselves, where we should be showing God, I want to learn more about you. God, why is that happening? God, a friend of mine just got cancer, and I just don't understand, and I want to talk to you about it. But here's what we do. Instead, we don't want to engage with God. So we shut down, and we just focus on our lives, and we don't do much. Asking questions tells you a lot and can give you a lot more information than you realize. So he says to the person, first thing you need to know to love God is you need to spend time with him. Second thing, take a look at this, he tells the scribe. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So he says, not only are you to love God, in other words, that you're to talk, talk about God, that you're to engage with God, you're to ask questions of God. He's to be a part of your life every single day to show importance with God. But then he says this, you're to love others with the same. In other words, we teach our kids every single week this statement, treat others the way that you would want to be treated. 
And so Jesus says, you want to know what the most important thing is? You want to know how to love God? Love him by spending time with him, questioning him, engaging with him, learning about him. And then you're to treat your neighbor the same way. That means you're to spend time with your neighbor. That means you're to care about your neighbor. That means you're to ask questions of the annoying neighbor that you really don't like. Because it shows that you care and you have the love of God because you are a Christian. You love God and say, I love God. That means this. You show others that same love by engaging with them. He got this from another book in the Bible, by the way. He tells the scribe, this is important and this is important. And this is where he drags from. This is from Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am God. So Jesus looks at the scribe. Stay with me. I'm, com- I'm landing the plane here shortly, so hang with me. All of a sudden... Jesus is about to, is is talking to the scribe, the scribe who knows the 613 laws, but watch what he does. All right, scribe, you know the 613. I'm going to quote two of them, but I'm going to tell you they're both equally important. So you asked what's the most important. I'm going to take two, merge them together, and I'm going to blow your brain. Because if I'm the scribe, I'm like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. I asked you for one and you put two together. You're creating your own law. That's not right. I'm the scribe. I'm the authority. But I want you to see now, if you've ever read this passage, now you understand why the scribe says what he says. Take a look at how the scribe and Jesus interact once the scribe hears this. Take a look. The teacher of the religious law replied this. Well said. Teacher. Well said. I'm the authority on all the laws. I just asked you, but I want to humble myself because you are God and I'm not. Well said. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Do you realize what the scribe just said? Jesus, you know what? I'm humbling myself today and I'm the authority and all these people are looking at me, but right now I want to tell all these people, you're right, that you are the teacher. And that by answering me directly, only three times in the Bible, this is one of them, you decided to bless me and answer me. I'm telling you, you're right. To love God is to spend time with him. To love others means that you spend time with them and you engage with them. And so I want to tell you, you are right. Now take a look at what Jesus says to him. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask any more questions. I'm landing the plane, so pay really close attention. Jesus looks at the scribe who says, you are God, and it's important for me to spend time with you. And Jesus says, you're not far from the kingdom of God. So those of you, let me me end it right now. For those of you who just want to know the answer to the question, love God, what does it mean to love God, Terry? It means you are to engage, show, ask questions, care. If you are willing every single day to say, God, I want to love you, so I'm going to ask you a question. God, I got really angry at you in my 20s because this happened. I don't understand it, but I'm willing to ask you a question. I'm willing to talk to you about it. Yes, that means you're loving God in that moment. So he settles that, but watch what happens. After that, the questions stopped. The religious leaders that were standing there, guess what happened? They got angry. They got mad. They didn't want to ask Jesus any more questions. You want to know why? 
because they didn't believe he was God. They didn't think he was right. And there's no need to have any further discussion. Guess what? The enemy, yes, there is an enemy out there. That's called Satan. He is real. He is out there. And guess what he would love for you, all of you in this room to do when you get angry, mad, and upset to stop asking questions. The enemy would love for you when you get mad at God, when you get tired of God, just ignore God. Walk away from God. Don't learn anymore. Don't ask any more questions. Don't engage with him because if you do that, you're doing the opposite of loving God. And that's what the enemy would love for you to do. But instead, Jesus looked at the scribe and said, you want to love God? Ask questions. There are reasons why all of us in this room run from God though. And there are some of you in this room that are running from God right now and I know it. But here are some of the reasons we run from God. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I'm not sure enough. I'm not good enough. There are some of you with stuff in your past where you say, I ran from God a long time ago because, you know what? He doesn't care about me. He doesn't want to know me. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and I don't want you to forget it. To question God is to love him. To question God is to engage with him. To question God is to show interest in him. To question God is to give importance to him. Too often Christians are always told, don't you dare question God. He's God. How dare you? No, 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 no. I believe that God and Jesus looked at us and said, no, no, no. I want you to ask me questions. I want you to doubt me. I want you to engage with me because I'm God. I'm not worried. I have all the answers. And if you're just willing to talk to me, if you're just willing to spend time with me, I promise you my peace will transform your life. But the enemy wants us to believe, no, God's mad at you. God doesn't care about you. God let you down, so run from him. Don't talk to him. If you do that, you're doing the opposite of what God says. Some of you here say, well, Terry, it's hard in this world. It's not the same as biblical times. In biblical times, the people, they love God. Oh, really? The people are all smarter and good enough and everything else. Oh, really? I've said this before in church. You think some of the biblical characters that God chose are awesome Christians? No. Let's go through the list one more time, shall we? Adam and Eve. Amazing, right? One kid tried to kill the other. Great parents. Noah. Oh, the ark. He was the faithful one. He survived. He ended up drunk and naked in the tent. Some of you are like, really? He did? Yes, read, read the Bible. The Bible's amazing. Guy by the name of Jacob. Oh, Jacob, he's faithful. Two words, two wives. Joseph. Joseph. Man, Joseph's incredible. What a great family Joseph had, didn't he? Guess what their family did? The godly family that debated to murder him or sell him. That was Joseph. David and Goliath. David, Terry, don't you dare say anything bad about David. David's amazing. David, Goliath, Bathsheba. And then God blessed Mary and Joseph. They're godly. Don't you dare discredit Mary and Joseph. I'm going to walk out of this church right now if you discredit Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph lost their child for three days and child services was called to find him. Here's my point. Here's my point. In 2018, there are many of you that don't have a good relationship with God and you think that you're not good enough, you don't know enough, and there's no way that I could be a part of what God wants. And you are missing it because all throughout Scripture, there are broken people just like you and I who God wanted to engage, who God wanted to love, who God came down and shared his heart with. 
And the enemy wants you to believe today that you're not good enough, you don't dress good enough, you don't think good enough, that wasn't good English, all those things. So here's my final questions for some of you. When did you stop asking questions? When did the debate stop? When did you stop talking to God? When did you lose interest? When did your priorities change? What caused that to happen? I'm done. Last thing. If Jesus loved us so much that he asked 340 more questions than we asked of him, if Jesus cared that much about us that when he came down, the creator of the, don't miss this, the creator of the universe, God himself, who knows us inside and out, came down to earth, made himself man, looked at you and I, and all of a sudden, when we would ask him a question, he asked more questions of us. Do you know what that tells me? Terry, I love you so much that I'm willing to engage in a relationship with you. Even though I made you, I know everything about you. You're boring me telling me about the Cubs because I already know that the Cubs are God's team. I mean, come on. But Jesus was willing to ask those questions. To love God is to question him. Let's pray. God, I just lift up... um, so many families that are out here, God, that are running from you, that have lost interest in you. God, they believe in you, but life is tough. And there's so much guilt for some of them. They they don't dare turn and talk to you because in their minds they think, oh, how could God love me? I've ignored him for so many years. And God, I'm sorry because based on reading the Bible and understanding you more and more, that's the opposite of what you want. God, how your heart must break when you see your children run from you because they think that you don't care or you're mad. And everything in the Bible tells us that's not true. So God, I pray for every family that are running from you. May we turn around. If we're mad, may we tell you we're mad. If we have doubts, may we tell you our doubts. If we've lost interest, may we tell you we've lost interest. God, whatever it is, I pray that we would turn, look at you, and love you by engaging you with questions. So, Father, right now our hearts are open. I ask that you would bless this next moment, and I pray that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information about the ministries at Ocean View, or if you'd like to speak to someone directly, you can visit our website at www.ovbc.org. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.